All right, well, welcome back to the Cinematic Mick Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew McConville, also known as Mick. And today we're going to make the jump from Thorazine. We're going to open the door, get on the floor, walk the dinosaur, and finally stretch that clothing dollar. We're going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite comedies. And not only that, but I have a very special guest on the show today. My son, Aiden McConville. Aiden Boyo, welcome to the show, and well, I guess for a limited time, mind you, this is still my show, don't ever forget that, the microphone is yours, bud. Thank you for having me. Um, So yeah, obviously I'm him this big old son. (laughs) Big old And one thing you have to know about me right off the bat is I love talking. It's one of my most favorite things in the world. And the, the only thing I love more than talking is talking with this guy. We talk about wrestling. We talk about just life. We talk about movies. We talk about everything. We certainly do. Now, a lot of you may not have heard of the film that we're going to be talking about tonight. And I'm not at all surprised. We're going to be talking about the Dream Team. Now, 1989 was an incredible year for cinema. It was a year of releases such as greats of, of such greats as Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which was a huge bounce back from the horrific train wreck that was the Temple of Doom. It was the year of when Glory was released, Tim Burton's Batman, also starring Michael Keaton, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, and Driving Miss Daisy, which actually went on to win the Oscar for Best Picture. So, needless to say... This film, unfortunately, got just a little bit overlooked. At least it did, in my opinion. Now, you may not start off thinking that a film about four mental patients stranded in New York would be grounds for a comedy, but with this cast, your opinion is about to be swayed. The Dream Team stars Michael Keaton as Billy Caulfield. Christopher Lloyd as Henry Henry Sikorsky. Peter Boyle as Jack McDermott. Now, if you don't know who Peter Boyle is, right, just from hearing the name, if you were a fan of the sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond, he played the dad and the grandpa. He played Frank Barone. He was also the Frankenstein in Mel Brooks' classic, Young Frankenstein. Aiden, why don't you go ahead and tell us who's next on the cast list. Stephen First as Albert Iannuzzi. Now... Stephen First is another name that might not go ahead and it, it might not yeah, it might not jump to you right right off the bat. But Stephen First, he played Flounder or Kent Dorfman in the hilarious college fraternity classic Animal House. Also stars Dennis Bootsikaris as Dr. Weitzman. And Lorraine Bracco as Riley. Now, how do you like that? Lorraine Bracco, her character it's just Riley. She doesn't even have a last name. She's just Riley. That's because she doesn't need a last name. She's great just the way she is. Uh, I will agree with that. It was Lorraine Bracco. She was Karen Hill. She was Dr. Jennifer Melfi on The Sopranos. So, yep. Definitely. Lorraine Bracco's incredible. Anyway, getting back. The Dream Team was released on April 7th, 1989. Had a budget of about $15 million. Uh, raked in a little under $5.8 million on its opening weekend. And a little under $28.9 million for its overall gross. It was written by John Connolly and David Laux and directed by Howard Zeef. Now, 
Me and Aiden are just going to go ahead and talk about basically what the Dream Team is about. So the Dream Team is about the four mental patients at a mental institution in Trenton, New Jersey. Their doctor, uh, played by Dennis Boutsikaris, he's a younger, more contemporary-minded doctor when it comes to psychotherapy. And he wants to take his mental patient. He wants to take his patients into New York City to go catch a Yankee game. While I personally would probably fall asleep during a Yankee game, yeah. as I personally despise the New York Yankees, but that's not really the setting in this movie. So the doctor has successfully takes them into takes them into the city to go catch a Yankee game. The character of Albert, he's man, he basically has to take a piss, so they got to stop so he can take a leak. What happens after that, Aiden? Well, basically they run and so they go to the store and it's more of a gas station, but yeah. Well, either way. <laughs> I mean, can you tell the difference now? I mean, Casey's in 1989 was a lot different, buddy. Trust me, 1989 was a lot different. Good point. <laughs> but um, uh, so this guy who has some sort of attitude towards life, which is the reason I like him so much. He basically, he first off, jokes about how, jokes by saying, like, speaking Spanish. He um, obviously gives that up pretty quick. The doctor says, hey, my uh, friend here's got to take a piss. Um, uh, the guy says, toilet doesn't work. Ah, it does. He says, uh, can we just use it? And he said, toilet doesn't work. Ah, it does. Uh, that's right. It basically, the gas station attendant basically tells the doctor to take Albert into an alley so he can go take a piss into an alley in broad daylight. And the doctor, of course, seeing he has no choice, takes Albert into the alley. Albert turns around as in to say, hey, don't look at me while I take a piss. The doctor turns his back. Albert makes his way down the alley. The doctor thinks that he's done. He turns around. He can't find Albert. Starts to make his way down the alley, and eventually, I guess, without so much detail, the doctor ends up witnessing a murder. After he witnesses said murder, he tries to make a getaway. It turns out that it was two crooked cops killing a good cop. They chase him down pretty quickly, and they knock him out cold. Now, I want to go ahead and I want to throw in here that one of the cops is played by the actor James Remar, who's an incredible, incredible character actor. If you don't know the name James Remar, if you are a fan of the hit show Dexter, he played Harry Morgan. He played basically the ghost of Dexter's dad that Dexter pretty much talks to on a, I don't know, I think he's pretty much in every single episode. So there's a little fun fact for you that I just kind of threw in there. Albert witnesses the whole thing before the doctor, or excuse me, before the cops can finish the doctor off and make sure he doesn't talk. Somebody who lives in an apartment wonders what the hell's going on down in the alley and the cops have to make a getaway. Albert watches his doctor be taken off in an ambulance and then returns to with the rest of his fellow patients. Hours go by and the patients are finally come to the conclusion that they are stranded in New York City And the only person that has any knowledge as to what happened to their doctor, he just can't communicate. The character of Albert is really intriguing because he just, he cannot communicate. You have Billy Caulfield played by Michael Keaton, who he's 
he probably has his crap together more than any other um, any of the other patients. But he has a uh, a low frustration tolerance. That's what it's called, but uh, I just call it anger issues. Yeah, he's got probably the shortest temper. Now, keep in mind, it's a comedy, so he's not dangerously violent. Henry Sikorsky, played by Christopher Lloyd, was a former postal worker who he cracked up one day, and now he's convinced that he is a psychiatrist. He's convinced that he's a doctor. And Aiden, I'm going to go ahead and let you tell us a little bit about the character of Jack McDermott. He's Jesus. That's all I can say. He thinks well, he's uh, he, yeah. he thinks he's the supreme holy role, the yeah, supreme being, yeah, he the Messiah. He, yeah, he thinks he's the Messiah. He think Jack McDermott, played by Peter Boyle, he thinks he's Jesus Christ. He yeah. was a former ad guy on not necessarily Wall Street, but he was a he wrote copy for advertising agencies in New York, and uh, he had it all. He had the whole total yuppie lifestyle where he had the house in the suburbs, the great job, um, booze, drugs, the whole schmear. And then one day he realized, or he at least thought that he realized, that he was Jesus. Now, for a brief amount of time, the the group gets separated. They end up leaving the van. They leave Albert, for some reason, they leave Albert by himself in the van. And then they eventually come back together. Billy, of course, he's probably, he's the one who's got it the most together out of anybody. And he... He just says, he's like, you know, he's like, we got to find out what the hell happened to the doctor. They eventually do this. They stop the, yeah, they stop the crooked yeah. cops from coming back and killing their doctor. And, you know, there you go. You pretty much have it. I mean, that's you know, without giving away too much. Yeah. Pretty much have the entire synopsis of the movie. As, as, as it's well known, I really don't. Uh, I really don't believe in giving away too many spoilers. I want people to kind of get the kind of gist of the movie, yeah. watch it, and then hopefully th- they'll enjoy it on the same I level think, as we yeah, do. Yeah, I think we are. I think people deserve that in these trying times. Oh, I know they do. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean. All right. So as far as the synopsis of the movie goes, I'm sorry if it was kind of brief and kind of straight and to the point. That's pretty much what we got. Now we're going to go ahead, me and Aiden, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go to the portion of our, we picked out five favorite scenes between the two of us of this film. First one that we're going to talk about is probably the first group therapy session in the movie. This is right in the beginning. This is where you kind of get a general idea of what these patients are all about. You first see Henry, he's in a lab coat. In fact, when I was a kid and I saw this movie, I thought he really was a doctor until... I was older and I watched it again and I realized that, man, he's really not a doctor. He's actually a patient. He's rounding up the other, he's rounding up the other patients for group therapy. And I believe the first one he runs into is, he runs uh, into, uh, it's Peter Boyle, isn't it? No, no. He runs into Billy. No, wait, no. Oh God. It's been a while. I yeah, think, yeah. I think it's Jack. Yeah, I think he runs into Jack, and Jack is completely naked, reading the Bible, and drinking out of a bottle of wine. If, if it were up to me, I would have done the same thing, except I'd be having a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> Whoa! Oh man, yeah, that's not an image they need there, buddy. Oh so, God, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that scene is great because uh, Christopher Lloyd or Henry he sees Jack in his room. 
like I said, unfortunately, he's completely naked, reading the Bible, yeah. drinking a bottle of wine. Henry informs him, that, informs him that that is a serious infraction of hospital rules. Where Jack replies with, this is the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And a damn fine Beaujolais. <laughs> <laughs> Henry then, of course, uh, can you know he finally gets uh, Jack to put a robe on. You okay. then meet Albert, who is standing in the rec room, singing the national anthem, getting ready to watch a game between the Yankees and the Baltimore Orioles. And, of course, Albert successfully steals another patient's cupcake. And it's pretty much kind of the gist you get with Albert. Cupcake band strikes again. Exactly. Then next, you you are introduced to Billy. Billy is trying to teach somebody who is also not really all there. He's trying to teach him how to play ping pong. And uh, clearly that's not going all that well. Group therapy session really pretty much has uh, Billy having one of his outbursts. Like I said, it's it's more funny than startling or anything. And Billy ends up trying to throw a chair through a window. Who says you need a steel chair to make some action? <laughs> no, those chairs were pretty much all, yeah, they were made out of wood, weren't they? Yeah, maple that's what I mean. Or... I mean, maple, what, oak. Or something like that. It's oak. wood. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wood. wood. So, yeah, so there's that. Uh, the next scene is that we're going to talk about there in New York. The doctor is getting ready to take Albert to go take a piss. And the doctor warns Billy not to tell any of his scary or ghost stories. <laughs> Billy, of course, gets the mocking impression of, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. As soon as the doctor's gone, of course, he starts in one of his stories. I should probably go ahead and add in. That the character of Billy Caulfield, he's also an uh, aspiring writer. That's why his doctor is always encouraging him to take his wild imagination and apply it to his writing. So he proceeds to tell Henry and Jack about the movie Wolfen, where Wolfen was actually a real movie. It's about, yeah, it was about people, I I believe they were mainly Native Americans and they were also werewolves. I don't know if it was particularly a great movie. I'll have to watch it, and maybe we'll do an episode on it. Who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm there for it. And he's convincing these other two gentlemen who have been institutionalized for at least a couple years that it was a true story, that there were people that actually turned into werewolves at night, and it happened right in a location that they just happened to be at. Oh, my God. So... I, we, unfortunately, Aiden, I'm sorry, buddy, we can't do that scene any justice. We, we just, we just can't. So we are not going to try and attempt it right now. But if you watch this movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's actually a very funny scene. Now, this next scene, I know Mick here loves. I know for a fact that he loves it. Well, take us through it, bud. Tell us about it. So there are... Now, from what I saw from our notes, there is one part that I know he loves. So, <laughs> Albert gets back to the van, and... and uh, crap. And Billy says, where'd you go take that piss, Moscow? <laughs> and... I a, do love that part. A scene or two later, 
um, oh, Billy yeah. says, "Hey, you enjoying the game? Him, I'm, I'm loving it. Hey, it's a shame the hot dog guy hasn't been around." Then he yells at Albert and t- demands to know where the doctor is. Yeah, yeah, that that is a very funny part. And, and keep in mind, hours have gone by. Like when Albert has witnessed what happened to his doctor, he comes back to the van, walks, you know, sits down in the van, and he. You know, that's when Billy asks him and says, hey, where the hell did you go take that piss, Moscow? Then the next part, it goes, they've been there for hours. Now it's nighttime. Whatever game they were going to has been over for a while. It's clearly over. So, yeah, that's that's a great scene. Next one we're going to talk about, I believe it's fourth on our list. Yes. Jack McDermott finds a predominantly African-American church in New York. And... He goes in there, and they're in the middle of a song, and I mean, people are just are just loving it. They're they're loving being there to worship. They're loving the music. They're loving everything about it. He goes in there, and he's listening to the preacher, and he gets up, starts talking, and once again, as he starts going into one of his sermons, he starts taking off articles of clothing almost to the point where he's in nothing but socks his boxer shorts and one of those undershirts and he starts to lose the boxer shorts and then henry shows up stops him before he can go ahead and have all these nice people seeing something that they don't beast yeah before they see something that they don't really want to see needless to say henry and jack both get physically thrown out of the church Jack is still in his underwear. I will go ahead and say he's not in his underwear for long, but for the time being, he's in his underwear. Last scene that we're going to talk about, Henry, played by Christopher Lloyd, he's big-time OCD. Um, He's constantly picking up garbage. Everything has to be neat. has to be proper. He's walking around the streets of New York. He's got his clipboard, and he sees a garbage man loading garbage up into the back of the truck, decides he's going to go over there and help him. This guy is automatically annoyed that he's helping him do his job. Henry writes down the vehicle number and looks at the garbage man and looks at him and says, this is going to look very, very good for you, my man. (laughs) And the man is just looking at him like he's freaking nuts. And then there you go. I mean, can you blame him? No, I can't blame him. Not, not at all. So there's five scenes right there. Um, believe me, there's a lot more. But at the risk of droning on, I'm just go ahead and wrap that up pretty quickly. Now it's time for trivia or things you may or may not know about the film. Only found a couple. Um, I went and I, I looked at the long list of the trivial facts around here. And I also want to say that there's not a lot of accomplishments. This movie, while it's not a bad movie, not at all, it was, I mean, hardly Oscar material, Golden Globe material, none of that stuff. So really didn't win any awards. Not saying, that's that's not saying that this is not a great film. Um, Maybe it's not a great film, but it's definitely funny, definitely entertaining. So there you go. Uh, but as far as trivia goes, uh, I got one right here. I picked out this one because it means quite a bit to me. Yeah, this is more of irony, I'd say, really. 
Yeah, I'd say irony, uh, coincidental, all that stuff. Uh, Michael Keaton basically played a version of R.P. McMurphy in this film. Uh, he did go on to play as Batman. Michael Keaton, I swear, in the late 80s, early 90s, the dude was everywhere. I mean, just yeah. everywhere. The guy was, I swear, he was working constantly from this film to Batman, Beetlejuice, um. Clean and Sober. Pacific Heights. The guy was just everywhere. Guy was a freaking working machine. Anyway, he played as Batman opposite Jack Nicholson. Uh, Jack Nicholson, of course, who played R.P. McMurphy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, Christopher Lloyd played Tabor in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and stars in this movie with Michael Keaton. So there you go right there. And the reason why I picked that one out, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and promote myself here a little bit i uh what was it something about six months ago i'd say yeah it was about six months ago i recently played the role of chief bromden in one flew over the cuckoo's nest so in community theater here yeah you almost forgot i didn't never forget that that was a great time uh next one is the scene where the mental patients are running in the rain under the cover of a large cardboard box uh, that takes place in Times Square. And if you look in the background, you'll see a theater where they are showing Bull Durham. And this that was the film that I covered in the previous episode. And that's pretty much it. I mean, as far as trivia and things that you may or may not know. Um, now, come to the portion of the podcast, which I will always say is my least favorite. Because that means we got to wrap it up. It's the That's a wrap, folks, portion of this. Yeah. Certainly hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, as far as me recommending this film, I know I speak for my son and myself that I highly recommend this movie. Oh, if yeah, you, definitely. Yeah, yeah, if you like a good comedy, definitely watch this movie. Pretty sure you can stream it on YouTube, Amazon Prime, or any other streaming service. Um, and yeah, I guess that's pretty yeah. much about it. Any, Aiden, you have anything you want to add? Can't talk now. Eating. Can't talk eating. Oh Sorry. man, a man after. Uh, mile. you know, never mind. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's been great. Oh, absolutely, bud. Glad to glad to have you on here, and can't wait to have you back. So that is that. That's a wrap, folks. Uh, if you have any comments or suggestions, please, please feel free to email them to me at the cinematic mick at gmail dot com, and uh, yeah. I guess that's it. That's a wrap. Good night.